0: Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our WealthManagement.com 2020 Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wealthies podcast. I'm David Armstrong. I'm the editor of WealthManagement.com. Uh, this is the podcast where we speak to finalists and winners of our WealthManagement.com industry awards. As you know, these awards are meant to recognize initiatives and uh, business programs that help financial advisors better serve their clients and build better businesses. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Tony Miller, the Chief Administrative Officer of Jenny Montgomery Scott. Tony, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Great, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, where are you calling in from, if you don't mind me asking? I am uh,
1: I'm about 30 miles north of Philadelphia in my uh, home office today. I uh, did not make it into town this morning, so uh, working, uh, settling in at home as many of us had over the course of this summer.
0: Sure, and uh, this uh, probably won't be released until later, but uh, we're recording this on election day, so Pennsylvania promises yeah. to be a pretty busy, busy time there. Well, you guys, at Janet Montgomery Scott, you, you four finalists in our awards this year for the Mid Atlantic chapter of your Women's Interactive Network, the Employee Resource Group. Uh, you were a finalist for uh, uh, the education funding campaign, and for the private client associate development program, and for the Reg BI app suite. So, congratulations on those finalists. That's great, great work. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. It's
1: uh, you know we have some some really strong teams that have. Uh, they worked on all those projects and i think they were certainly excited to have um to have some recognition uh, you know it's it's nice to uh to see the work that, that these folks do uh to get recognized uh and to see that it it's providing value to the to the advisors that we serve so pretty excited sure. on our sure sure yeah.
0: yeah it's great and let me uh, just start this off a little bit uh unlikely that our audience doesn't know much about Channing Montgomery Scott but if you want to take a just a moment to kind of give us the intro. Who are you guys? Uh, uh, who are your advisors and who are your clients? Yeah, sure. be happy to. You know, Jannie
1: uh, Montgomery Scott, we affirm that traces our roots back uh, 187 years now, you know, based in Philadelphia, uh, but we have uh, locations up and down the East Coast, about 120 offices, predominantly in the East Coast uh, area, uh, you know, we extend you know westward, but only really into Ohio, Michigan, Nashville. Some recent new office additions for us. We are um, about as pure-play retail wealth management firm as as you would find in the regional space in our industry. Our financial advisors working in what we call our private client group uh, are about 870 advisors in total uh, throughout those 120 offices uh we manage uh a little bit over 100 billion in total client assets at this point. Uh we've been growing steadily over the last few years as our our focus has been on continuing to try and add high quality uh advisor teams to our platform. Uh we're predominantly a, a uh, advisory based model uh, you know with fee advisory fee revenue and and recurring revenues making up about 80% of what we do um and it's a planning centric culture um where we're focused uh, really on understanding our clients you know their total family picture um and trying to provide a level of relationship oriented advice beyond just the investment vehicles that that help you achieve the uh, the goals to that advice and so it's modeled it's been in you know transition in our industry for for quite some time and we're we're well situated we we think in that uh in that space.
0: Sure, uh, let me uh, uh, throw something out and see if you agree with this or not. You know, we've seen a lot of the uh, larger advisory firms go at this game of scale, right? And we hear often about how scale is important, scale is important, there's acquisitions, uh, there's uh, investments, all in a race to kind of get bigger. You guys have a slightly different focus at Jannie Montgomery, Scott, right? Uh, uh, you, like I say a, re- a regional firm, but you don't have the the impulse to kind of just become a large national firm, correct? No, I, no, we certainly don't.
1: No, we we there's a balance to scale and to culture. Uh, we believe, you know, we our our main um, competitive advantage um, is our people and our culture and our ability to uh, engage with people on a personal level and 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 know the the folks that are here to support you as an advisor and have access to management and have a very collegial and familial type of um, traditional regional um, culture. And we think that's critically important to placing your client's best interests first, being able to manage your business the way that you choose to manage your business, absent a lot of corporate mandates, you know, all these things are are critical to us. And we work hard to make sure that we're going to maintain that culture while we grow. You know, you have to grow. Scale is necessary, you know, as we move forward, you know, with with competing pressures in the business around price compression and many clients, um, you know, move into retirement and are drawing down on their assets as opposed to saving this point, you know, those pressures make you have to scale. And we are focused heavily on trying to add advisors, um, you know, to our platform, but we've really tried to do that in a sustainable fashion so that we don't upend our service model culture while we're pursuing growth. And so, you know, an acquisition that doubles the firm is not, you know, is not on our, is on our horizon. We try to hire about 60 or so advisors every year, but with retirements and, uh, you know, natural as part of this business, you know, we're probably only adding a net 20 or 30 advisors a year against the base of 850. And so you can see it's not disruptive growth purposeful, making sure that corporately we can stay ahead of inflation. But still maintain that culture that's so critical to what we think makes us successful.
0: Yeah, and uh, and and you have a corporate parent, which uh, kind of puts you in a position of uh, some you know fiscal strength there, right? Uh, that you don't necessarily yep. need to make those hail mary passes with a big merger or something. Yeah, too. you know, it's,
1: yeah, it's another great point. It's a um, you know we are very fortunate to be in a pretty unique, I think, position in our industry. You know, we are, as you mentioned, uh, we're wholly owned by the Penn Mutual Life Insurance Company you know, uh, Penn Mutual and Johnny partnered together uh, nearly 40 years ago, back in 1980, been a very mutual partnership. But what it does is it offers us um, some pretty unique place of strength um, that we can leverage as we move forward. You know, we're very well capitalized as an enterprise, you know, for a regional firm, Johnny uh, maintains, you know, 15 times our capital requirement at our broker dealer level. And Penn Mutual, our parent, has close to $2 billion in excess capital on their balance sheet. And so this gives us a lot of foundational capital uh, and the ability to continue to invest in our platform um, as we move forward so that we can stay, you know, extremely competitive from a software service perspective uh, and continue to invest in in hiring new advisor teams extremely stellar credit picture. We're an A plus S&P rated uh, enterprise, uh, which will put us at the top of the wealth management industry. You know, mm-hmm. We have no debt, you know, which allows us a very strong liquidity picture in any credit cycle. Uh, and we're private, which we think is extremely important. We don't need to be out in the public marketplace because we don't have a need to go pursue capital. And so we can, as an enterprise, stay private, still have the capital to grow and invest, uh, but we get to look at our business for the long term. We can make decisions based on who we want to be and where we want to be as a firm five to 10 years from now, as opposed to focusing on you know, what the analyst community might think of my next quarterly earnings announcement. So it's a very long view of the business as opposed to you know, a near-term short view of the business. And I think when you put all of those financial stability factors together, it, it paints a picture for us that we find extremely compelling and resonates you know from a comfort level with our employees uh and clients um and and gives us the position of strength to grow from so you know we're very we're we've maintained this purposefully and are uh, i think fortunate to be in that position
0: yeah, that's great. Uh, speaking of the, you know, the collegial uh, kind of culture that you have amongst a regional brokerage firm like yourself, I mean, everybody knows everybody else. Uh, this uh, yeah. uh, women Women's Interactive Network that uh, kind of grew up, that the judges recognized uh, before in one of the categories here at the Wealthies Awards, was just that, right? Was this uh, an initiative that sort of began out in one of the offices and, and, and kind of rose up naturally, uh, organically? Tell me a little bit about the, the uh, the Women's Interactive Network and what you guys are trying to do there.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really a, a um, fascinating and, and you know story of success here for us. You know, we we through the leadership of uh, Karen Shukoski and our executive team and and a and a group of women leaders at the firm started what we call WIN, our Women's Interactive Network, over uh, ten years ago, and has grown a program really designed to further the interests of women in in our business you know, and in the industry at large and has just countless numbers of success stories over the years. Um, and it's important for us from a diversity and inclusion perspective as we work to uh, to improve that aspect of our industry, certainly at JANI locally. But what we found over the years is that in our corporate headquarters in Philadelphia, where we typically in a non-pandemic environment you know, could have 500 people in the building at any given time. That's the entirety of our corporate office. Lots of success there because you can get people together. You can hold conferences and meetings and seminars and social events. And But we have 120 offices that weren't getting the benefit of all this great programming. So we we kicked off an initiative in uh, late 2019 to uh, introduce our first subchapter, a woman by the name of Colleen Kramer Beal, who is an advisor in our uh, Mid-Atlantic, uh, Baltimore area, created you know, took the lead, created a subchapter, and really started doing a lot of local work with the model we had created in Philly in her own community. And you know, energized the the local offices, um, had a number of events, and had a really fascinating success story. You know, as I mentioned, she's an advisor and uh, had always had an interest in trying to break into golf for social and business purposes and uh, created a sort of event in the local community um, in one of the local clubs to introduce women to the game of golf has actually generated a number of new uh, client relationships out of this effort and so she's been able to marry the social interest she has in, in the promotion of women in our business with her own personal business interests and so it's really been a great success story and you know we're, we're thrilled that it's been recognized we think this will this will help us gain some traction so we can then uh, create additional sub chapters throughout our footprint um, and really take the value of this, you know, um, as you said, this real cultural importance to us uh, out and benefit as many of our folks and as many of our local communities as possible. So uh, yeah. very early success, yeah.
0: So it strikes me a couple of things that there's a um a lot of advice, like I say, away from the corporate home office, a lot of advisors do kind of work in silos and 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 don't yeah. often uh, reach across the the wall and talk to other advisors or meet other advisors. This strikes me as one way to kind of try to formalize breaking down those walls a little bit by bringing teams of advisors together and for social events, like you say, or maybe even more formal uh, educational component to it. And also, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, as the balance in gender in the industry doesn't seem to budge that much overall, <laughs> Right? Uh, right. Not just at Montgomery, but overall, uh, it seems still a little difficult to recruit women to this industry. Putting programs like this out there, do you find it makes it are, are you more susceptible to uh, or the idea of, of women joining Janet Montgomery Scott because they realize that there is this kind of culture there uh, that's going to well, support them and is a place for them?
1: Well, we would hope so. We, yeah. uh, you know, we certainly make it part of the conversation when we're um, recruiting all advisors. We think the fact that we have a view on inclusion and diversity is, is, is core to who we are corporately, but especially when we're chatting with, with uh, women advisors, I hope it shows our commitment to supporting, um, you know, the, the eventual changing of some of those percentages that you had mentioned. As you said, it's, it's slow going. But we believe, uh, we, you know, we're making progress every year, and if we're demonstrating, you know, a commitment and real tangible success, you know, we think that tells a good, uh, a good story. So we, we, we believe it helps. We would be doing it anyway, just as part of our, as I said, the core tenets of our culture. But um, certainly, being able to get the word out, you know, with our efforts here is, is nice to be able to do.
0: For sure. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, what are the other uh, programs that the judges, the Private Client Associate Development Program?
1: Yeah, it's another interesting one where I think it shows our commitment to our employees in the interest of bettering client experiences. You know, we have cre- we created a uh, development program for the support teams for our advisors. Um, you know, we call them registered private client assistants, and, uh, you know, they're core team members. Uh, to our financial, uh, to our lead financial advisors, uh, usually the the focus and attention around resources and development um, goes uh, directly to the advisors, um, and not often enough to the team development. And you know, we've there's countless studies, and we have data upon data that would that would show you that teams are more effective and sole practitioners, and this is the way the industry seems to be evolving. uh, We created this program to uh, help develop and teach and train specifically around financial planning, using uh, data within advisor books in order to find areas for growth or for efficiency improvements, and to train the PCAs that have an interest and and develop them to to, um, become even greater contributing members to the team. Mm -hmm. And so it's helping us because now we have more people capable of engaging with the clients, um, you know, when you have a team structure, it makes the advisor practice more efficient and more effective um, when everybody can, can talk this, you know, the same, uh, the same game here, you know, and it's again, a commitment to our employees, which is, which is culturally part of what we think is important to continue to, Give people a meaningful career path and and develop and all of that serves the client in the end. And so we think it's just a, you know win 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 all the way around. Uh, we've got a lot of great interest from our uh, from our associates out there in, in participating. Uh, it's aligned with where we're headed, you know, from a, a, a advice and planning perspective anyway. And so, a, a um, again good early success there. And um, you know, we'll, we would expect we will continue to um, sort of branch off of this program and and add other uh, areas for development in the future.
0: Okay. I, and it, a way of bringing in uh, or at least creating career paths for younger perhaps advisors yeah. to be, yeah, kind both bring in the next generation.
1: Both, yeah, it's both it, you know, it helps us from an age and a diversity uh, you know uh,
0: perspective.
1: To try and uh, some ways, this is a great source of junior advisors um, that uh, that over time can be the successors to a lead advisor that, that moves into our succession and transition program. And so it helps with, you know, it helps with the uh, the team building aspect and aging demographics of our own uh, advisor force as well. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, very good. And this is not this isn't. I mean, this is uh, this program is is formalized and institutionalized in a way, right? It's not just simply saying to the advisor, whoever where that ever associate client associate works, you advisor mentor that person. I'm sure there's a little bit of that, but there's a uh, uh, there's a formalized training component here, right? So or or an education component of some sort for these associates.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is a formalized, structured corporate program where we have, you know, a, 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 a track of uh, sessions and events and opportunities to, to learn. And, you know, we create the time and ability for the participants to go through this series of programs while they can maintain their their day job and still, you know, um, you know not have to take the financial risk of just launching themselves into an advisor role, which is scary. Um, mm-hmm. for someone trying to start out and so we think we've given everyone that, that wants to participate a great chance for success um, by utilizing you know our corporate resources to to do that we would hope and 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 we have seen that there is a great deal of mentoring um, and personal interest by the advisors the uh, pcas would work most closely with encourage that and think that's great um, but we this is not something we've we've dumped on the plate of the advisor and, and said, you know, go be an organi- organizational development
0: department. You know, right,
1: we, right. We, we we put the firm resources behind that.
0: One of the interesting things you said, there was looking for data to see maybe where uh, advisors could be more efficient or, or maybe uncover pockets of, you know, client resources that maybe they don't quite advise on yet. Is, is that, did I hear that right? Or is there some sort of a, Data analytics component to this as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's more about using the resources that we have at our disposal. We've invested in a few different things on that front in order to provide insights into advisors' uh, current households. Partnered with uh, Price Metrics, which is a, a McKinsey firm now, that um, sure. we've created you know a a fairly interesting analytic exercise that we've dubbed the Opportunity Index. And it really can point you to seven um, metrics within an advisor's book of business that don't tell you if you've been successful to date, because um, that's fairly easy to know. It tells you if you're positioned for success in the future. We have, it's a really fascinating program. And so we've built some internal tools where we can, we can dig into our data and show you know, where these opportunities may lie and some of the training around our tools is in how to um, use that information in order to engage with clients and 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 find that next you know rollover opportunity or uh, you know a non-existent 529 plan um, you mm-hmm. know uh, and so yeah some of it is uh, you know we had built the tools and the and the data and now it's a it's a use case and training sort of exercise uh, at this point.
0: Okay. That, that's fascinating to me, I, and and uh, and it's a bit off topic, but can you give me an example of what maybe some of these uh, qualities are that uh, show an advisor is or is not primed for success?
1: Yeah, some of it is is fairly straightforward, um, and and probably would not be um, would not be too uh, surprising. But when you piece it all together, it shows you where to look. It, you know, it's factors around percentage of your households that do or don't have a retirement plan. It's the age. Um, demographic of your business it's your mix of small versus large households it's some of these things that are um, you know maybe not novel new concepts but I think when you piece it all together and it kind of gives you a numerical score as to where you stand there's things you can you can do and we're building programs and campaigns around improving those scores that the data will show has, Tangible uh, growth in assets and in production, and this is uh, so. You know, we've been doing this for close to two years now, um, with some with some good success. You know, it's uh, it's fascinating for people that enjoy data. Um, not yeah, everybody has that.
0: Not everybody sure. has that enjoy. I'll, I'll, That's <laughs> right. That's right. Not everybody does, and and you know, and advisors yeah. are 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 you know, largely people. People first, right? You know, as as much as they are numbers people, they're they're still more relationship people. I think that's where they really find their 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 satisfaction in the job. So anything you can do to kind of help them get their arms around the vast amount of data that they are sitting on, just naturally, uh, yeah. and kind of formalize it and make some get some structure out of it, and and sort of see where uh, where those opportunities are is useful.
1: Yeah, the data can lead you to the people. Side of it, you know. In some ways, it's it's always be a relationship oriented, um, you know, uh, exercise. You know, that's the that's the value of 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 what we offer. You know, advisor to client, personalized advice. The data is not going to solve that. We're not, you know, right. but it can point you in the right direction and it can help you with growth. Um, and so we kind of try to marry it, um, you know, in that fashion.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, the final thing here sure. that the uh, judges recognized for uh, well, not the final thing. There was also the education funding campaign, but the final one I want to speak to you about uh, is the Reg BI app suite. Uh, yeah. you know we, we all know about Reg BI uh, that came down the pike uh, and what it requires of of advisors now. Uh, some changes. What does this app suite do? What what kind of problem were you looking to solve there for your advisors?
1: Yeah, it's a um, it's another I think uh, successful example of where we could take our our um, resources at our disposal and invest them in trying to solve a problem. Um, you know, for our advisors, you know, they're well uh, attuned to the Reg uh, Reg best interest um, standard that has been uh, in the works and now uh, live for for a number of months now. You know, it's a complex rule. You know, we as a firm strongly believe in sound regulatory environment. You know, and having a efficient, compliant um, culture, um, but complex regulation, you know, we can't allow it to, to hinder business productivity or, or, you know, hurt client experiences or advisor experiences. And so set out to try and create a modern digital solution to allow advisors to efficiently comply with this complex rule, you know, not just to protect firm, but themselves. From any regulatory scrutiny or challenges, and still have that be a good client experience. And so, um, you know, we engaged a number of our high uh, productivity and successful financial advisors in this process. Uh, we had a multi, you know, group, a multi-department working group that that sort of worked through this for for quite some time. And what we really came out of the end of it with was a very slick mobile app, direct to client, direct to advisor phone where they can handle their um, form CRS delivery requirements. Um, You know, as you're engaged with a client, you can do that multi-channel. You can still hand them paper if you wanted, and and log that in. Uh, But you can send it off via text or via email um, through your social channel. You know, very easy to use. It handles all of the documentation. So it keeps a record, makes your notes um, and, uh, you know, it keeps that on file. So as you then eventually and hopefully convert that prospect um, to a client, or if it's a new service you were discussing with an existing client, you don't have to go through that whole exercise again um, as you go through the the actual uh, account opening and all those sorts of things. And so really, really um, easy to use slick app that is embedded in our advisor's mobile app. Uh, We released a brand new advisor mobile app uh, over the summer and um and embedded this Reg BI component uh, directly within that so that you don't have multiple systems to to try and do the same thing. Um, so that that's one piece of it. You know, the other piece is you know ongoing monitoring and ensuring that you remain acting in your client's best interest. And so we built what we what we call our investment process tool, which is really a risk monitoring tool that that will Integrate with your financial plan if you have a formal one done with the client. Not everyone does, though. But if you do, it's integrated and it pulls all the inputs in from that. Uh, and then it assesses it assesses household risks, you know, whether that's uh, asset allocation issues or sector concentrations or missing uh, know your customer info or, you know, whatever uh, the screens, um, you know, there's a number of screens we've built into it. And it'll just push alerts to the, to the advisor um, and the advisor's team. And so anyone on the team can can view any of these um, identifiers. And what it what it does is allows you to either document, you know, why you have a uh, you know a, a certain uh, approach with a client, um, or or engage in a discussion with the client. You know, and what we found is that it what it really does is it creates activity, it creates that relationship, it creates a discussion and so you know we've done this so that it's uh tied into our firm crm system and it and it's tied into our advisor dashboard and it's a view uh to our advisor mobile and so you can very efficiently uh address any alerts that might pop up this is not an inundation of notes or alerts you know there's there's some practical logic as to um you know how often um you might see an alert and again we're not trying to um to slow down business through this process, but we uh, we found good success with it. What we tried to do was, and this was the mandate to the team and why they engaged our advisors. We tried to build a tool that would assist an advisor with running their business, not just comply with a new regulation. Um, and I think we're uh, we're in a pretty good spot. We've gotten very good feedback from our uh, from our uh, our advisors to this point we continued since it's a since it's a piece of software we build ourselves we have the keys to it so we get to refine it and um upgrade it and enhancement over time enhance it over time
0: and so this was all um, built in-house this was built in-house this is not uh, outsourcing any to any technology platform you've built this yourself nope,
1: nope. this piece was built in-house yeah it's uh, we don't we're not a uh, we we uh, we have a preference where if we could take an off-the-shelf solution that exists um, we're happy to do that you know it's a better use of our time and energy if there's a great solution that exists but once in a while we'll build our own tools because we have the ability to do it Uh, we have the resources to do it and we're trying to solve something unique that maybe doesn't um, exist on the market just yet and we think uh, it also allows us to easily integrate it into everything else that we do Um, and so yeah, this is one that's uh, that that has been, um, as I said, been done in-house, and we're we're pretty proud of it.
0: So it takes a lot of the pain away from the advisor, who maybe in uh, in some other context would have to be running this compliance new compliance uh, program alongside everything else they do. You're bringing it inside the workflow, inside the process.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, that was why we we approached it in this fashion, and um, it, uh, as I said, is the the a productive tool. The goal um, that uh, handles the compliance at the same time, and
0: uh, you know, good result today. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's uh, that is great, uh, and and the judges recognize it as such too. Um, Tony, anything we can uh, expect to see from Janet Montgomery Scott in, in the near future, or a little bit further afield? Uh, where where do you guys where are you guys headed? Is there anything uh, that's shining out there that uh, you want to maybe give us a hint at? Or yeah, I,
1: I would say that um, you know our our Primary, um, you know, focus, you know, still remains on enhancing our enhancing our advisor platform so that we can, you know, continue to provide advice and product level support so that they can they can um, engage with their clients and they have all the support that they need from us as a corporate entity in order to serve those clients. So. You know whether that's at a product level or whether that's you know intellectual capital that we have in our wealth management team. We're continuing to grow there and add um, and add support and resources. Recruiting is very important to us. We love adding high quality new advisor teams to our platform. Not only does that help us grow, but it helps us learn. Um, we love to, you know, gain, you know, uh, the experiences and insights from advisors that come from other firms. We think we have a very compelling story and, and a fantastic culture that provides a home for folks that, that can grow their business and serve their clients, you know, the way that, that they want to, not necessarily the way that, that a firm might tell them to. And, mm-hmm. and so you know, we will continue to be out on the recruiting you know, trail trying to trying to add um, teams. You know, we would in, in, we would entertain positions if a culture fit and, a, and an advisory-based sort of, um, you know, RIA or small independent broker-dealer were to have an interest in partnering with us. You know, we have the capital to pursue acquisitions. But as I said, uh, our focus is on balancing both growth with service. And so it has to be the right opportunity for us and I think you'll see us continue to open in new markets. I said we're in 120 locations, give or take, up and down the East Coast, but there's still some gaps in our footprint. You know, predominantly down in the southeast. Um, we continue to march um, slowly westward, but uh, we're certainly interested in, um, you know, planting a flag in a new market if we can uh, a, uh, a group of advisors that. Um, you know, they, they want to join us and want to and want to start that that market for us. That's how we opened in Nashville two years ago, for instance. Started mm-hmm. with a few advisor, grew up from there. So I think, um, you know, what you won't see is a change in our in our strategy or culture. We still think that you know we lead with advice. We believe there is a tremendous value in personalized advice, and that the advisor and client is the core of what we of what we offer um you know we these are we believe that the clients are those of the advisor not the firm and we're here to support those advisors and so i think um that will remain the focus while we continue to to modernize simplify and digitize our platform where it's uh we make incremental progress every day um and i'd put our culture and platform up against anybody
0: out there all right well that is great that is great. Thank you very much, uh, Tony. We are out of time. We're at the half hour mark. So uh, Tony Miller, Chief Administrative Officer of Janet Montgomery Scott. Thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. Great. This is great.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And congratulations again on the, on the wealthiest. Congratulations again. You too. Have a great day. Have- I'm David Armstrong. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of WealthManagement.com. We'll talk to you next time. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.